Welcome to the Sober Nation FM podcast, where we're putting recovery on the map. I'm your host, Jonathan Sylvester. This show is brought to you by Sobriety Engine. Do you want to take your recovery to the next level? Do you want more support, community, and fellowship? Sobriety Engine is an incredible community of men and women supporting each other in their recovery. You can get a ton of great tips, resources, and guidance to help you succeed in recovery and in life. Visit sobrietyengine.com to join today. Sober Nation FM is also brought to you by Recover Health. If you're ready to get fit and start living a healthier lifestyle all while supporting your sobriety, then you can learn more about having me as your own personal fitness and nutrition coach at rcvrhealth.com. And whether you're listening to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, please share this with your friends, follow, subscribe, and leave a review. Nation, let's hop right into today's episode. Today, I'll be speaking with the founder of the Clean and Sober Love Dating app, Joaquin Bereta. Thanks for joining me on the show, Joaquin. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, man. So I'm excited to hear all about the Castle app and uh, what you're working on at your treatment center down there in Fort Lauderdale. But first, I'd like to hear a little bit about what things were like before you got sober and how you found recovery. So can you share a little bit about that? I would love to. I'm somebody who, uh, you know, look, I'm not going to say that I had uh, an easy life, but you know, the reality is, is that, you know, there were things that happened throughout my life that were definitely uh, troublesome. I grew up in a family that was very loving very caring. My mother took care of me, my grandfather, grandmother, you know, and I uh, grew up in the 80s. So uh, we played outside. It was something that we just did. And I grew up with uh, with a grandfather who was a very alcoholic. And, and I there were a lot of things that I learned that were, uh, I guess, cultural, um, and then, you know, back then, you didn't really have to, you know, study or do anything in school. So, like, um, I, I like when I look back on my, in my recovery, and, and, I, and I think about emotions and, and uh, things like that, I can remember my, my earliest memories of having anxiety, insecurity, and fear was all when I was in elementary school. Okay. So, you know, fast forward, I tried my first drink when I was mm-hmm. seven. I tried my first joint when I was 13. But so this is where my story gets completely different from anyone else's. I tried cocaine um, when I was 13. It's like I, I smoked a joint four months later. I tried cocaine and tried crack cocaine, you know, within this would all happen within months. Okay. Again, not the typical story. Um, fast forward, I um, went to high school, did all that, and went into college. And my my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer, and mm. she passed in '97. I was wow. 19, just really rough, you know. My no father ever, you know, no father. My father disappeared when I was three. So a lot of loneliness, a lot of uh, despair, a lot of, um, again, anxieties and insecurities that mm-hmm. had always plagued me. Sure. Um, everything was, I guess you can sum it all up in fear. Like I, I just, mm. 
had a, a major fear and void and and looking for validation in, in relationships and, and all of that. So okay. yeah. somebody came into my life when I was 24 years old who took me to a 12-step a meeting. Mm-hmm. And in that 12-step meeting, it's like I, uh, I understood what the person at the podium was talking about. Uh, although our lives were completely different, he was an attorney and, and all these things, you know, okay. super white collar. Yeah. I understood when he was talking about all these emotions. Mm. And so, you know, I made a pretty good go at staying sober, working the steps. Okay. I did a lot of conventions and conferences and traveled and, Got to meet a lot of young people in recovery mm-hmm. and I was in the young people recovery scene and, and all of that was cool. Then I met the woman of my dreams. We were going to have a baby and I decided, you know what? I just got to man up. I got to go ahead and, uh, you know, have a drink, you know, like a man, you know, and do this the way it ought to be. And, wow. Mm-hmm. So now to backtrack just a hair, yeah, I, sure. I definitely stopped doing all of the things that you're supposed to be doing what what the 12-step recovery community says you're supposed to be doing go to meetings talk to your sponsor Mm -hmm. uh work the steps you know all these things i had stopped that like i thought that i was okay i i thought i had a strong enough foundation you know i thought maybe it was just because nobody taught me how to drink the right way or you know I never had a, I never had anyone to teach me how to be a man or do things the right way. So yeah, that makes um, sense. And, and so how long were you sober at this point or how long did you stay Three years. Sober? I was three, three and a half okay. years. Well, man, I'll just say real quick. I appreciate you saying that I stopped part. Like I stopped doing extra because that's always how it starts right as you stopped basically doing whatever it was i appreciate you yeah i I appreciate you saying that because man i remember early on in sobriety and i still hear it sometimes and i think it's rough for like people that are new to recovery it's like yeah i had three six nine twelve whatever years and then i drank or got high again it's like well man what the hell happened (laughs) you know like they don't they don't follow up with that second part so i i really appreciate that yeah, that's, I mean, look, I really do not like the the uh, slogans. I'm not an AA cheerleader. I'm not that guy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just what happened. You know, like I, sure. I, I didn't make the meetings. I stopped doing what I was supposed to be doing, you know? Yeah. And, and the reality is, is that I had a business money coming in and okay. all these things and i just you know i um the sponsees would call and i would be like oh my god this guy's got so many problems and you know it was just one thing after another like the meetings oh my god this meeting sucks you know yeah. this guy won't shut up and it was just non-stop type stuff you know that that i started to nitpick at so anyway i had a drink and then i i and you know i nothing major happened and I, I jumped into another business. I did very well at it and my life got better. 
in a in a functional sense. Okay. I um and and I was living a very cool life. New kid, kids. My my girl, you know, mm-hmm. who was to be my wife. Um, she was just starting to deal with someone who she didn't know what addiction was or anything like that. And I started to spiral pretty out of control, but the money kept me afloat. Right. Right. So anyway, eight years ago, um, I had, and I have to paint the whole picture and it's not to over, uh, dramatize what it was, but I had a business that was doing very well, five cars, two acres. Like I had the dream, you know? Yeah. Yeah but very lonely. I was very lonely inside. I was drinking like a lot and I got a DUI and then I got another DUI and I was, I I could not stop. Like I, I, there was no way. Like I, I I was considering jumping, you know, like I was, I was at the jump off spot, but I was incapable of making the decision for myself. Mm-hmm. So the police, thank God, they came into my life. The judge says, you know what, you're going to treatment. And I said, thank you very much. I'll do whatever it takes to get better if you get me the help that I need. And so she did. And I had the burning bush type of spiritual experience that Bill W had when you when you uh, read the story. I had the experience where I'm in jail and, and this guy Typical question, you know, hey, so what are you here for? And I said, and I don't know why I said it. I just kind of, it just rolled off my tongue. I said, dude, I'm an alcoholic. Wow. And he said, and he said, no kidding. I've been sober by the grace of God and the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous for 12 years. And da 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 da, you know, and I was like, you've got to be kidding. Yeah. And um, it was kind of like, you know, are you out there? Like, are Mm -hmm. you, you know, who's, you know, there's gotta be something there. So anyway, I got to the treatment center. I, they gave me the therapist. Therapist says, Hey man, what's, what's your problem? Like what's, what's the deal? And I go, right. I don't know. I guess my deal is, is that I'm selfish. And, um, she says, well, if you're ready to start working on the selfishness you suffer from, uh, we can help you. And, and, and I said, well, how? And she says, well, you got to be selfless. So that kind of sparked this whole want and desire to want to help people. Um, I started because in treatment, I didn't have anything, nothing that I can, nothing tangible that I can go ahead and give people or do anything for. So uh, she gave me um, an exercise that it was for me to pray with people. Okay. And so I started to do that. And anyway, my, my, my whole foundation this time around has been to give back, be of service, be a servant, um, <clears throat> and work on this humility thing that I have a major problem with. Hmm. So that's really my little story there in a, in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, and I think we're, we're leaving out, you know, that things got quite a bit better probably, but we'll, we'll get into that here in a second. So I do want to ask, man, you know, you're touching on, on the spiritual side of this and I'll just say like, I was someone, you know, I'm not going to go into the whole spiel because there's a lot of people that can relate to this raised Catholic, 
not my favorite thing in the world, kind of forced upon me, um, you know, forced to go to mass, say the rosary, like do, do all these things that, you know, a teenager doesn't give a shit about really. Uh, right. And, um, and and so I, I, there, you know, I I was not interested in spirituality to say the least, uh, or a relationship with a higher power or, or anything like that. If someone's listening right now and maybe they're they're new in recovery or, um, you know, maybe they've been struggling with this or they're just kind of wondering, like, man, how do I improve this relationship? Or maybe this is what's missing from my recovery. Like, would you have any suggestions as to how someone can kind of start to build that that relationship? Awesome. So this is my explanation, right? So mm-hmm. you you. You're new to recovery. You go to these meetings and people are talking about this whole, you know, like higher power thing. And then, of course, yeah. they're going to close the meeting with the Lord's Prayer. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, right. This is not what I signed up for, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So here's the deal. I have this way of looking at it, right? That you know how, you know how the, the, the feeling that you have for your parents that connection, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I could never come between what you feel for your mom or, or you couldn't do that, you know, where, where you come between somebody else's love, right? And, and it's this, it's a power, you know, that, that, you know, me and my kids, you know, nobody could tell me, hey, you can't love your kid. Impossible, right? There's right. no chance that that could, I mean, I would die for my children, right? Mm-hmm. That power that force is definitely a power greater than me. What you feel for your mom is definitely a power greater than me, no doubt about it. And and when I explain it to my sponsees, I'm being for real. It's I can't come between what you feel for your family. I can't. It's a power greater than me. Love is definitely a higher a, a higher power and it's an easy way to conceptualize just the conception of what is you know a power greater right mm-hmm. now for me what happened was is that i i really dove deep into my faith because what i what i did was is that i, I started really thinking about when it was that i cut off just like you said mm-hmm. i was a teenager i was catholic teenager and if they weren't going to take me, well, then I ain't going. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So then I went back to that. I wanted to just, I was going to confirm that I didn't believe. Right. And okay. here's why. And I kind of went right back into it and I fell in love with my faith and I fell in love with the traditions and I fell in love with everything that is, you know, Catholicism and all of that. So now I've been doing a lot of service in that world too. And uh, it works for me, you know what I mean? Like, it's something that I love and, and mm. it gives me my, my space to meditate and, and, and give praise and all of that. Now, I don't push it. I don't, sure. I don't even really talk about it ever. You'll never find me really talking about it uh, because it's very personal to me. Mm-hmm. But make no mistake, if you are talking about what the 12 steps are, having had a spiritual awakening, that's the point. We have a spiritual awakening, right? Yeah. And yeah. 
and we suffer from a spiritual malady. So everything is spiritual in nature, right? What we're trying to achieve, you know, whether that's learning spiritual principles, learning how to live a practical life with these spiritual principles, because really all the principles that they talk about in the program or that you learn in the program, they're spiritual in nature, mm. right? So, you know, honesty, trust, hope. Sure, yeah. You, you, you ain't buying no hope in a Walmart. They ain't got it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Yeah, man, I, I really love that that higher power analogy, just the uh, the love or, um, you know, the relationship between myself and my parents or someone and, then, and their parents or someone that they care close about. Like, I've never heard that before. And that's, and that's pretty cool, you know, and I think you just said it like, it's whatever works for you. And I know people that do all kinds of different stuff, you know, oh, and yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't really think it really matters what it is. And I don't want to single people out that, that might be listening or watching that aren't in a 12 step program, because I, I think, I think, um, whatever you, you know, someone believes in, like, that's, again, that's their business at the same time. I think that, um, you know, in, out of a 12 step program, it doesn't have to be you know, in a Catholic church or, or anything like that, or your parents, God, or, I mean, I really like the conception that you just came up with. Like it's, it's the love basically. But, you know, if so, I think if someone is wondering, because I was kind of this person, like what, why do I need this? I think the easiest thing for me was number one is it, it was so much easier or so much harder for me to say this doesn't exist just because of some of the situations that I had that, you know, that you kind of described where these people just pop into your life and, you know, I should have died 20 times and, and all these things in retrospect that, that happened and something was there. But, but also I think it's just like, especially going through recovery, I think it's, it's pretty powerful to like be able to hand some of the stuff that we go through in life off to something else. And I don't have to be in charge all the time. You know, Love that. And, and man, that was just like, when I was able to just like let go or some people call it <laughs> dropping the rock, right? When I, when I was able to just let go, man, I'm going to share this with you because I heard it the other day and it's been stuck in my head. You probably heard this. I don't remember hearing this cliche along the lines, uh, you know, through the years, but uh, let go or be dragged. And I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was, I've so, heard that. I've heard that. Okay. Yeah. I hadn't heard that. I was like, man, that is, that is so good. I need to like, tattoo oh, that that, I mean, that's what it is right yeah but uh anyway i, I don't want to get hung up on on all that too much but i did want to ask you about that because you know the spiritual side of all this is part of my story and that's something i didn't used to talk about very often and and you brought it up and it's something that's helped you so um man i really love what you shared on that so moving on here if you could because i like to ask this i think this is something that's helpful for for someone in recovery, no matter where they are, whether they're new or they've been around a while, what, what do you think the biggest thing was that you struggled with early on in sobriety? I know you had talked about like not really having that, um, you know, that father figure and some things like that, but was there anything specific to sobriety that was kind of going on? Um, you know, I know for me, like just the lifestyle change, you know, the, the, fast money and all the other things that went along with the addiction was really hard for me to get rid of. And some of the people 
for instance? Is there anything you can think of that it was a little bit of a struggle for you? Everything. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, look, I didn't share it in my story, but I mean, I, I had cultivated this life mm-hmm. that was, you know, yes, fast living money, mm-hmm. uh, me, me, me. And, um, you know, I guess the, got it. There's, there's a couple of hardest things, you know, really. Sure. Um, that first year, the first year, I think that one of the hardest things was trying to, trying to find different ways to cope with, with situations. Mm-hmm. Right. So my mother-in-law would be, you know, whatever, you know, uh, the typical mother-in-law of my ass, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, right. And, how do I deal with that problem, right? Like, how do I cope with her? So just, oh, and then the parties, like, so, like, everybody would be like, dude, why can't you just go to a party? Like, the family, family part. Family okay. was really, yeah. really difficult, right? Sure, family sure. was number one. My wife's side, they would be like, dude, why can't you just go to the party, you know, and, and just be normal? Like, why can't mm-hmm. you just, you know, you can't just fucking drink? And they'd be like, no, I, I can't just drink. That's the problem. If I could, <laughs> yeah. I would, you know, trust me. Right, yeah. So having to defend my my sobriety too was another like one of these like hmm. yeah. why I kept finding myself in these stupid predicaments where I'd be like, why am I even defending this? Like I don't I shouldn't have to. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. It's what just the way I want to live. What's the problem? Hmm. <laughs> so um I I guess something else that was a problem was figuring out who I was going to um, make my, my, my close circle, right? Because in, in fellowshipping, you meet everybody, you meet all kinds of people. And, and unfortunately, look, not everybody has the best intentions, right? And you kind of have to be mindful of where you're at. You'd like, if you're in a narcotics anonymous meeting or you're in an AA meeting, good chance, man. You know, you're dealing, you're dealing with some heavy, heavy hitters, you know, and all kinds of stuff. Right. So, you know, I was also very suspicious and very cynical about, you know, different people. So trying to stay out of my own way in, in, in being cynical and all of that, I had to kind of just stand back and, and observe and, and, and kind of build relationships the way they ought to be. So I started to really work on basic life skills. I went through three different sponsors before I wow. ended up with who, who's been sponsoring me for the last seven years. Wow. Um, yeah, so, you know, a word of advice or, or a suggestion is that, you know, the sponsor is not going to be offended because you just, you know, you're, you're not clicking or, or you feel that maybe you need to move on, man, get that shit out of your head. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We as sponsors want the best for you. And if it's not us, please find it with someone else. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you have to. So yeah, that's, that's man. Yeah, no, I, I can relate to all that. And I really love what you just said. You know, I think, um, Cause I tell guys that I'm sponsoring like, Hey, uh, I want you to think of this as a, a business relationship, right? 
And if it's not working out for you, like, dude, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Like if it's not a good fit, then just, let's just, you know, just keep it moving and it's fine. You know, just let me know what's going on. So I, I get that 100%, but I think, you know, with, with all those struggles that you went through, obviously you kept, you stayed in action, right? You kept moving forward. You went and you found the next sponsor, the next sponsor, and finally one that, that clicked. So I think that's, that's what's important. So that's awesome. So I want to hop into the app, man, the clean and sober love app. All right. How did this come about? So I sponsor a lot of guys, right? When I first came out of treatment, mm-hmm. um, I'm at home and I'm, I'm watching TV and this, this commercial comes on for farmers only. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm yeah. like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, right? Like how is like, this a thing? Like, and it's like huge. Right. So I was like, dude, I wonder if they have anything like that for us. Wow. So I looked and what was available was prehistoric. Now I, I have a wife and kids, but I'm a business mind. Right. Sure, so sure, yeah, I, what I saw was very, very old and, and it was websites and they were ragged out and it was like, it, it just looked terrible. Yeah. So I went and I bought a, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> and I bought up a ton of domain names. Okay. Clean and sober people meet. I mean, I bought everything. Mm. And, um, and then I parked it. Didn't do anything for years, you know? And, uh, so again, I'm now sponsoring people and, and that's that. So I was sponsoring, um, a man who was very young and, he he just his experience with life in the realm of dating was like horrible like it was bad it was you know he was someone who was using and uh you know he would use drugs and just just didn't get around to learning how to communicate right or or build relationships right so Okay. okay so he uh he gets better a lot better and then a, a whole lot better. And it's a couple of years down the road. And he's like, yeah, so I'm going to go on this app and I'm going to go date. And he says, when do I tell the girl that I'm going to go, that, that I'm an alcoholic? And I was like, Ooh, yeah, I don't know. I, they don't really, they don't really teach you that one. Right. Man, I'm, I'm laughing because I literally had this conversation a while, but this part, one of the reasons that I wanted to get you on the show, because I mentioned, I've mentioned the app a few times. Uh, but I mentioned it to this guy that I used to sponsor because uh, he's out in Cali and he was like, yeah, man, like, I don't know how to like, at what point do you drop that? Like you're fucking crazy. basically, Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Because listen, you're only coming into the program because you fuck some shit up. Right. Right. It's not like, Oh, I, I, I drank, you know, one or too yeah. many beers. It's because exactly. you really did some damage, right? Yeah, so sure, sure. So he's like, yeah. So at what point do I say that I'm an alcoholic? And I was like, man, I don't have a good answer for you. Hmm. The next next week, he's like, um, hey, so I met the girl, and um, I'm gonna go to her apartment, and I'm going to hang out with her, you know? And I'm like, okay, bud, no problem. And I, I get a call and he's freaking out. He's, 
outside of her apartment and he's like, bro, what do I do? She wants to smoke weed. And I'm like, uh, so look, here are your options. You can go inside that house, bro. You can nail her and, and do what you want to do mm-hmm. or you can leave. Yeah. You know, and here's the problem. If you stay, bro, there's a good chance that you're going to get away with it. Nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to come back. And you're probably gonna get away. You're probably gonna get away with it that day, and then you're gonna come back, and that's when she got you. You know, and yeah. then it's over. And then yeah. everything that we work towards, you know, it's over. So, I said, <laughs> I said, damn man, I wish I would have, I wish I would have um, went forward with this with my dating site. And he said, dating site. That wouldn't help you any right now. It's dating apps. You know, you got to have a dating app and this and that. And I was like, wow, I wonder what that is. Dude, our castle was developed in that conversation. He leaves the girl's apartment. We're, we can't stop talking. It was like what people talk about. You know, I, I invented this on a, on a napkin. Like, this, that's what happened, you know? Wow. Um, yeah. So we ran with it. You know, he had all the expertise with all the apps and all of this and and he helped develop it i mean you know that's the co-founder you know and um and so we we sought out to help people like us Hmm. where we come from a world man where you know like the brink of insanity and death you know the gates of the you know so that's where we stand on the common peril, right? Where we're equal and we can identify and it's so much easier to show up and be like, yeah, I know exactly what the fuck you've been doing, you know? So yeah, um, yeah. it's, it's just a, it was an easy, an easy thing really, really to, to, to develop. That's awesome, man. Wow. That's a great, well, I, I love a lot about that. I mean, it came from because see, I th- I feel like the situation you just described is pretty ha- has got to be pretty common, you know. And if anything, just like you know, when you're not sober or in recovery, like that's the type of thing that people are gonna do. Like when they yeah. link up for the first time, it's like, hey, let's meet at a bar. Or, you know, when you're in somewhere like, again, like my buddy out in Cali, like weed's legal. It's like, you know, you're smoking or even if it's not legal, maybe you're smoking, you know. And so, I mean, and that's just kind of a, you know, that's just a normal thing really for people. Sure. So so I think I I like that because it, you know, this was all based on like a real life situation that I think happens a lot. But I also love just just you know being someone with a business mind myself just the whole conversation of him leaving and you literally like building this thing over the phone together oh yeah you know and he stayed sober i like that part too but so he's still sober he's sponsoring a bunch of guys that's awesome that's awesome so so how does the app actually work like you know on on tinder and man i like i'll just say i'm very grateful that i've been with the same woman for a long time and i never had to experience the dating apps and and all that but so how does this work i know like on tinder like you just swipe and it's that type of thing like how does this work so really the app has two things right so we are uh your typical 
uh, you know, you swipe to the right, swipe to the left. Uh, you can chat on it. Okay. We just now for COVID, we we came out with video chatting and all oh, of that's that. Awesome. Yes, very cool. It's also in uh, in Spanish. Uh, the app you can use it in in, in Spanish. Um, but the other part of it is, is that you know we have this because of our our Instagram presence and everything that comes with that, it's not just the dating aspect. It's, it's this whole community okay. of people that are, that are networking and talking and, and, you know, being friends. Right. Because I think that recovery today looks a whole lot different from what it used to For sure. back when, back when Bill and Bob did it, you know what I'm saying? Like you were kind of stuck in, New York in your little place, you know, you were stuck right, in right. Akron, Ohio, you were stuck in. So now with today, what, what the program looks like and what we're doing is uh, because now the, we have some, so much traction on Instagram, you know, there's such a big community where we get to share ideas and thoughts and, and, and watch people's growth, right. In recovery, which is, uh, you know, watching transition, um, just, it, it's, it's something to be grateful for. And, and so that's something else that the app carries where it carries a lot of weight is, is that where other apps, they just don't have that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but listen, it, it's, it is your typical swiping, wanting to meet, chatting, um profile you know all of that stuff i linked up with pocket rehab uh damien who's out there doing it um you know now you can get to pocket rehab from our app so if you know if you happen to be on our app you know and uh some for whatever reason Mm -hmm. you feel like you need to talk to somebody about some recovery stuff pocket rehab is something that you can get to from our app right from the settings uh, menu and you know it, the other thing is this is that we're also trying to keep people honest and we're trying to we really work towards getting rid of the spammers and all of that because look it's a dating app yeah. I mean For it's sure. just what it is yeah, yeah. you know they, they yeah. pop up all the time and so with the video chatting I think that that really helps in so many ways mm. uh, a suggestion for anyone using the app be mindful, right? You don't know, right? So why, you know, ask questions. What's your home group? You know, ask recovery questions. You know, if it sounds that's funny a, or fishy, let yeah. me know. Yeah. I will nip that in the bud real quick. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a really good point. So, you know, man, I, I think one of the reasons that, that this is important, I, I think you just said it like, well, you just said it to a degree people are going to date like people in recovery are are going to date. And I'm going to ask you about this in a second, but you know, I've had, and I think my, my own thoughts on this have gone back and forth. And I I'm starting to think that maybe, you know, some of the suggestions that I used to think around relationships and, and dating and recovery that I thought were pretty set in stone. I think it kind of varies from person to person. And, and I've had other people on the show that have kind of said, you know, the same thing, um, you know, it, just in reference to uh, men or women that, that they're sponsoring or, you know, just 
conversations they have with friends or advice they give or whatever. So all, all this being said, like you're a 12 step guy. It's very common knowledge that there's a suggestion of not dating within the first year of sobriety. Right. And, and really like, I think it's also like not making any major decisions, which is there's always the joke about, well, what about the third step? You're making a decision, to, you know, turn your life over to your yeah. higher power. So, but I mean, so what are your, what are your thought, your personal thoughts on that? Personally speaking, I have yet to find that in the big book. Uh, fair enough. Fair so, enough. you know, you know, this is what happened, you know? So you had the treatment centers that came in, and they and and the therapist came in mm -hmm. and they came up with some really cool things to tell people and that's what we know right very true yeah, yeah. so 90 meetings 90 days and and mm -hmm. meeting makers you know th there's a lot of these things that i don't really know that they're really program approved things sure so the reality is this it's unrealistic mm. It's an unrealistic expectation for someone who has this kind of baggage, right? You, you're yeah. coming off of a crazy run and you tell them, listen, we're going to change your life. Oh, and by the way, you can't have sex. How does, how, yeah. how about, why don't I teach you how to talk to people? How don't, why don't I teach you how to go home, make yourself a sandwich, watch some TV. If you happen to have a friend who's willing to do it with you, bro, God bless him. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just look, yeah, yeah. don't drink, right? right? Go to a meeting. Yeah. Don't take advantage of this person. Tell them what's up from the very beginning. Be upfront. Look, I'm a sick ass puppy right now. Yeah. I, you know, I ain't shit right now, but whatever mm. it is, what it is. I'm, I'm trying to get better. And I think that, it's, it's just an unrealistic expectation. I don't ever tell my sponsors, hey, listen, you know, you can't have sex, you can't be in a relationship. Listen, they're gonna do whatever, the, they're gonna do whatever they want, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Um, I can only guide them through the steps. Hmm. That's what my job is as a sponsor. Any, when I deviate from what I'm supposed to be doing, I end up looking like an idiot. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I've, I've, I've had guys that had had relationships where they're like, okay, so what do you think? My girlfriend, this and that. And then, of course, I open my big fat mouth and the only thing that goes in there is a big old shoe. You know, like I stuck my foot so deep in my mouth because I gave my thought, you know, right. and belief yeah. Yeah. over something that I should have just, should, you know, like if, if you were teaching some of the steps, right? Teaching them the basic one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. We'll dive into four and five. We'll get into six and seven. Maybe we can start working on some of these things that why you feel that sex is something that you cope with and, and all these things. If you're working the steps, dude, it all kind of, you know, it, it works itself out. Yeah. But some of us need to learn the hard way and that's okay too. You know, I, for me to forbid someone mm -hmm. to date, it's completely unrealistic. Yeah. 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 No, I, and I agree with that. And I think that's where, you know, my, my thinking has changed. And, and for me personally, I don't think I've ever, you know, I don't think I've ever really made that suggestion to a guy. I think, you know, I see both sides of it. 
I see, I see lots of different sides of it, really. I think that's a thing, you know, that, that I'd agree with some of the other people I've interviewed that are like, hey, dating early on in sobriety, relations, relationships early on sobriety, to, you know, it's, it's uh, based on the person and, and where they're at. Because, you know, it's like on one hand, like even though I was in a relationship early in sobriety, um, you know, I didn't know who I was. I didn't really love myself yet. So how am I really going to, you know, care for or, you know, maybe not take advantage of someone else on the flip side, you know, there are people that are mature in terms of their relationships and feelings and not using other people and not getting into this kind of danger zone where we're swapping out, you know, sex for drugs. And then maybe, maybe drugs slowly, you know, make their way into the picture and there's all this other stuff going on. So um, I know that I can't kind of like inject my own stuff in there. Like it's based on that person. I think that's kind of where I'm at with it these days. So you're dead on. You're right. It should be left to them to decide. I think not that you said that, but I, I believe that as long as I'm not telling someone what to do, um and or insinuating that i have the answer um because I, I don't i really don't I, I don't know what is the right way and i don't i just know that if you work the steps you have a better chance and not fucking somebody over you have a better chance at staying sober you have a better chance at making a life for yourself if truly working the steps, if you do it in an honest way where you really, dude, your life is going to be fine. No matter who comes into your life, what kind of job you have, no matter, you know, all these things, every, your whole life changes. That's what the ninth step promises you. You're not going to have fear of all these things, right? That's what it tells you. Right. So, yeah, I, and, and, and one last thing, a lot of us don't do well with, uh, discipline and obedience. So yeah. the, the, the do this and don't and do that and don't do this. And mm, I don't know. I, yeah. I just, I didn't learn that way. So. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I mean, just kind of circling back around to that, I think it's an awesome idea. Um, because like, you know, I think one of the biggest things is we were talking about struggling in, in recovery in general, being lonely, man. Being, being lonely, I would say is like one of the biggest things. And, and if you don't have a, a, a gateway or a platform to communicate with someone else that understands where you're coming from, and you really are just stuck. It's like, Hey, it's my home group, or it's, you know, just this recovery group that people are, maybe I'm, you know, I'm sober, but I'm not really plugged into a recovery group or something. So I don't really know how to meet people. You know, I think it's providing this, this platform for people to come together. Um, and, and I really like how you said there's a community aspect to it as well. And just, just the fact that this pocket rehab deal is built into where like, yeah, you know, if, if some stuff's going down, then, then you can get help. I think that's all, that's all really awesome stuff. So I, I think it's an incredible um, idea. Now, I think you've already given a lot of great pieces of advice, but maybe if there's one piece of advice in particular that you'd like to share with the sober nation,
don't be afraid to change. You know, I think that a lot of us get hung up on, you know, oh my God, what's my life going to look like? Mm. Because I'm so used to this life that I've created. And I know that it ain't shit, <laughs> but I'm so afraid of change. Mm. Um, I think that the, the best uh, advice is that... Um, Do what makes you feel good, you know, and sobriety is something that makes you feel good. Genuinely, it will make you feel good. Don't be afraid of changing. If you give this a chance, the steps give you all these promises. Every step has a little promise. There's a bunch of promises, you know. I can't really guarantee anything, but I can guarantee you that if you give this way of life a chance, you will be the happiest person you know. <laughs> mm. I am. I truly am. I never thought that my life would ever be this. Yeah. If you ask my kids what daddy does, they'll tell you daddy helps people. That's it. That's my job. They don't know anything else. They just know that I, I help people, you know, and I'm sorry. This is what you need to be doing. I'm sorry. Give back. Give there back. Give back, do service, do a ton of service, 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 service. If you think that you've done too much service, do some more service. We're going to be do, uh, feeding the homeless now on uh, 18. We gave, uh, we had a food drive a couple weeks ago. Service, a lot of service. And do service when nobody's looking. Don't tell nobody you're doing it. Just do service, you know, and that's it. I like Should that, man. I like that. I love that. And my guess is, is that your life has gotten pretty good directly from helping other people. And, and it's best. a good, it's a good reminder to me, man, because I've had the same experience. And, and I know that's not, not that I expect that my life is going to get better, but that's been my experience so far and I'm not going to mess with it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's awesome, right. man. That's awesome. So you can learn more about the clean and sober love dating app. You can find it in your app store. You can learn more about Mastermind Treatment Center at mastermindcare.com. Thanks again for coming on the show, Joaquin. Thank you, Jonathan, so much for everything. This was super cool. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the info from today's episode. Sober Nation FM is brought to you by Sobriety Engine. Sobriety Engine is a free online community of men and women supporting each other in their recovery. Visit sobrietyengine.com to join today. This show is also brought to you by Recover Health. If you're ready to get fit and start living a healthier lifestyle while supporting your sobriety, you can learn more about having me as your own personal fitness and nutrition coach at rcvrhealth.com. And again, whether you're listening to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, please share this with your friends, follow, subscribe, and leave us a review. Nation, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.